Monday night raw. Two days after Saturday's AEW double or nothing. You'd expect a little bit more out of it. Um, the main attraction being the Memorial Day segments, which made my wife cry. Um, the cer- certain wrestlers that I saw wrestle, I guess. Um, the Firefly Funhouse segment, among other things. This was my first Monday Night Raw ever that I was sitting in the building. Great seats, eighty dollars per ticket. We had a good, we had great seats. We were close to, we were kind of in this in between point of the stage and the ring. And I feel like if I was ever to get tickets to a wrestling show, that's kind of where I'd want to sit. You know, like in between, like not, not to where I'm on TV constantly, but like kind of close to the ring, but close to the stage too. So you can see the wrestlers coming out. Um, but you can also get a good shot of where they are in the ring. Uh, the only problem was with like tag team matches, you're basically watching someone's back the entire time, but that's neither here nor there. Um, this was my first Raw that I've ever been in there. I've ever seen it live. I've ever been there in person. And it's probably my third wrestling show that I've seen. Because, of course, I don't have much money. So I don't go see wrestling shows. Probably going to have to spring for an AEW ticket if they ever come close to where I am. And they probably won't for a while. Because I'm in the Midwest. (laughs) So uh, if they come to Chicago, which I think they are, I might have to spring for all-out tickets. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I really do need to go to AEW because this was my first Monday Night Raw. I expected so much more. There were some disappointments that they couldn't control. And I just honestly, Monday Night Raw isn't what it used to be. And I'm going to explain why. Step by step of why. Now, first of all, I was pretty biased because there's a lot of people that I'm seeing for the first time wrestle. Um, and I was pretty excited to see those people wrestle. Even during the main event, or during main event, the show that comes before where we get two matches for main event, um, I was super excited to see EC3 come out. I was super excited to actually see EC3 wrestle because I've been a fan of his ever since he was in TNA. Um, Then I was super exciting to see Ricochet wrestle. It was super exciting to see Nikki Cross. It was super exciting to see Seth Rollins. All six times he kept fucking showing up. Uh, <laughs> it just, it, I don't know. Okay, so let's start from the very top of the show. Just right after main event, we get um, Kofi coming out, and then Seth coming out, and then Brock coming out. Brock came out and he had this boombox. And he's been doing this kind of boombox thing for a minute now, ever since he got this briefcase. 
And his music kind of goes into like this weird remix of the song. He's got a hood up. I didn't really know how to react at first because it's so weird to see him do something that silly. It's so weird to see Brock Lesnar do something kind of out of place. And it was almost welcoming to a point. It was almost welcoming to have Brock Lesnar come out and kind of refresh his character a little bit. It also was a little harder to boo him. Because we were really confused. <laughs> me, and the, me, my wife, and the two, three people behind us were very confused over what he was actually doing. And we were just like, this doesn't seem like Brock Lesnar. We then proceeded to watch the continuous 52-minute segment that like starts with this whole thing and then Seth Rollins leaves and Paul Heyman says Brock Seth Rollins ruins everything so Brock's going to leave and you're not going to find out so they both leave immediately Dolph Ziggler hits the ring goes after Seth Rollins or goes after Kofi Kingston sorry uh so you got this brawl between those two he's saved by Xavier Woods and so, like, this shows you how, f- like, if you thought this segment went on for a long time watching at home, imagine seeing constant advertisements play for, like, the WWE Network and stuff like that on the Titantron and segments from, like, the Memorial Day stuff playing on the Titantron. And you can still see... Kofi and a hurt Xavier Woods just kind of standing in the ring. Like, kind of, they're huddled up and they're trying, they're, bless their hearts, they are fucking trying to make it look like they shouldn't move that quickly. And they're trying to make it look like, oh, he's hurt, we're trying to test his walking or something like that. But it just seems so awkward to look over and see Kofi and Xavier Woods just kind of sitting there. In the ring. It was such a weird thing. And then we get our first match, which is Shane McMahon versus some guy who I think is related to Roman Reigns distantly. Who knows if he actually is? Um, there's just, there's a lot of shit. With this, uh, there was this is awful chance during that. The only real good match was Ricochet versus Cesaro, and that's because those two actually have to try hard to put on a really bad match. Uh, they did really well, uh, and I mean even that, like it wasn't like a crazy good match because it was still in the mid card. They can't do everything that they'd want to do. Um, it was cool to see Nikki Cross in a tag team match. But for most of the match, she was getting pummeled and being thrown around. And I know it's the whole, the whole formula of a normal tag team match with a champion on one side is to constantly want the champion to show up at last minute. But like it definitely was kind of weird to see Nikki Cross get pummeled by the Iconics. But I feel like it's kind of weird for me to see any good 
wrestler get pummeled by the Iconics because I'm not really an Iconics guy because they're kind of represent the women of the early 2000s in WWE and it's just like we kind of moved past that why do why do we keep having these people that are like Nikki and Brie and like all these other people who aren't really that great at wrestling but they're they're pretty good heels I'm not trying to take anything away from the Iconics I'm just not the big Iconics guy and it just almost seems unbelievable when somebody like Becky Lynch or somebody like Nikki Cross, who have been studying wrestling most of their lives, gets pummeled by somebody like the Iconics. But I, I guess I understand it. Um, moving on to... like this, this thing is only memorable because of what I've seen. Um, the Bray Wyatt promo was again great. It just seemed like they were kind of punting it to another week. Um, it seems like they've got a lot more of these planned, though. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I I was hoping that he'd be there. Uh, then there was a fatal four-way match with no AJ Styles, which is another disappointment for me. It's a disappointment that they couldn't control because AJ got hurt. Storyline or not, I don't know. Uh, but AJ got hurt putting Baron Corbin in his match instead of AJ Styles. Which is kind of sad because I just wanted to see AJ Styles wrestle. Because, again, it was my first Raw. So, I mean, the, seeing The Miz wrestle was still really cool. Uh, seeing him be the first, like... I mean, they, they made it seem like it was an elimination match. But then Baron Corbin pinned The Miz and it was just kind of over. They need to talk to their ring announcers. <laughs> be like, this is not an elimination match. Because, I mean, that kind of disappointed it for a lot of people because the match seemed like it was just cut short. Because um, I thought, like, it would go on for, like, an hour because it was an elimination match. I was like, yeah, this will go on for a fucking hour, and finally it'll be down to two guys. Like, I mean, that would be kind of cool, but, like, I don't think that they want Baron Corbin to pin that many people. I'm sure it may have been an elimination match down the line, but WWE doesn't really do elimination matches. They really don't. And it kind of sucks because it makes the, it gives that heel a chance to just pin somebody who's weakened and win the whole thing while other people are distracted. And that's kind of cheap. But yeah, Seth Rollins coming out five times during the night was kind of weird. Brock Lesnar coming out twice made it seem like we had just restarted the opening segment. Uh, the Memorial Day cookout thing showed a lot of really good wrestlers who aren't wrestling. Um, Eric Young chase, uh, chasing after uh, R-Truth was the second time that I've seen him live. Because I saw him at an NXT show. It just... A lot of wrestlers wasted on what they're doing. And I really... Wish that they would kind of loosen their grips on some of these guys that feel like they're being wasted. Because, I mean, it, it'd be good for WWE too. WWE feels like it's bad for them because they're losing talent. And, you know, that may very well be. You may not have, you may have less talent. But, looking at it, you may also 
need to think about it like this, you may not have enough manpower and enough... It, it makes it kind of seem like you're pushing to have all these people in segments together. This is like, oh, look at all these wrestlers that we have that aren't wrestling tonight at all. It's just kind of silly to have all these wrestlers if you're barely going to use them. Especially when like there's people that really want to leave, like Luke Harper, and he's nowhere to be seen anywhere. Luke Harper's nowhere to be fucking seen. He should be fucking released. Um, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson could be fucking released. Um, and I know they need a tag team division, but you've got the Usos, you've got Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, you've got all these guys that you've kind of built. And I feel like WWE should probably focus on the guys that they've built. Focus on those guys. Not the guys who had basically a career before they came here. Because those guys are getting pushed down to the wayside because you didn't create them. And you know, they didn't create guys like Seth Rollins, but they picked him up real fucking early in his career. So it's just... It's just like anybody that they didn't push to success from a very low point is getting ignored. The only person who I see kind of hitting that spot of not being totally ignored is AJ Styles. And that's because AJ Styles is big enough to where they need to show him because they're investing a lot of money in him. I don't know. It it definitely it seems like letting some of your guys go would be a beneficial thing for you and for the people that are working for you. Because the people that are still working for you are going to have more chance of being on TV. And the people that are you're letting go are going to have a lot of chance to either go to AEW, some of them might even go to Impact, some of them might even go to uh, New Japan, some of them might go to Ring of Honor, some of them might go to NWA. There's a lot of possibilities. The indies aren't, like, getting away from the spotlight anymore. It's becoming so much easier to see clips from indies, shows. It's becoming so much easier. A lot of them stream online. Uh, If you go on Twitch, there's, like, 24-7 fucking Impact Wrestling. (laughs) It's just... It's not a death sentence for somebody to drop back down the indies and it's definitely not a downgrade and also you've got another big competitor AEW looks like they I mean they've already got a TV deal they're growing they haven't even really had a show they they haven't had like an episode of their first show or anything they haven't shown what they were what they're going to be like in a transitional capacity from episode to episode they haven't shown how they're going to carry out a story episode to episode. They've only shown that they can do these big events. And that's cool. And they're definitely going to have a challenge set before them. Uh, I don't know who their writing team is. They haven't really confirmed that. They really should be. They should be pushing who their writers are. Honestly, they should get Jimmy Jacobs, but he's in Impact right now. But there's so many places. This is like the... 
first time in a long time that there's been so many places to really go. And there has always kind of been so many places to go. But with the added thing of NWA now and Impact Wrestling kind of falling by the wayside and not really being as big as it was, they have a lot more opportunities in other places. And I feel like people would actually be able to show off who they are. And honestly, like, WWE wants to say no to competition. I feel like WWE needs some healthy fucking competition. And right now is showing that they're not doing so hot even with the competition. Because this was the first Raw after Devil or Nothing and it didn't do anything. They need to push harder. And they might need to let a lot of people go. So that's all I have to say about my first and probably last Raw. Because this is like the first Monday Night Raw that I've watched from beginning to end in six months. Maybe even a year. Maybe longer. I don't know. This might be the first Raw that I've literally sat through. Because usually I just watch clips. But in the past, like, the past month, I didn't even really know what was going on with WWE. I listen to news websites and they happen to mention WWE, but I'm listening for other things. So I kind of know what was going on going into it, but I didn't really know what was going on. So, that's it. I will see you guys later. I'm going to try to support AEW. I hope the rest of you do too. And a lot of people are going to be like, oh, well, that's they're not doing that great. They're, they're just starting out. We can't tell if they're doing good or not. Give them a chance. We gave TNA a chance, and TNA got fucked because it was ran by the wrong fucking people. Jeff Jarrett gave the wheel to so many fucking people, and then all these people started pushing it in weird directions. AEW doesn't have that. I feel like the only thing that's going to become a problem is what TNT is allowing them to do. But honestly, it's ran by the wrestlers. And that's something new. So we have to check it out.